Hello, this is Michael Zuber, and I wanted to thank you for choosing to spend a little time with one rental at a time. My life's mission is to help investors close 1 million rental properties. In order to tackle this crazy goal, I will need your help. If you like this episode or any of the content we produce, please share it on social media. If you get one of my books or perhaps one of our 500 cards, please take a selfie and tag one rental at a time. Now on with the show. Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, folks. Michael Zuber, one rental at a time. Back with this Thursday guest and friend of the channel, Mr. Jonathan Fonley. How you doing, sir? I'm doing great, Michael. How are you today? I'm doing well. So uh, you shared an article with me this morning I think we have to talk about. Uh, really, it is, uh, it's it's going to be a thinker for a lot of folks because it's going to go against the, the wisdom. Right? The wisdom out there is inflation is bad. We must beat it back. And, um, you know, inflation, I think the last CPI was 6.8% calls for it to go above seven. But you really shared an article that says, hey, guys, go look at Japan. Japan's uh, in something that, uh, you know what, maybe 5% inflation isn't all that bad. So why don't you share uh, what you took from that? Yeah, so uh, this is an article that a friend, so I probably, as you guys know, used to work in Japan. And one of uh, someone who I used to work with posted this article on his Facebook uh, last night. And it is from the Asia Times, and it was called Japan Pays a High Price as It Goes Down Market. Mm. And now this is really an interesting article because it talks about the fact, and I had noticed this myself, right? So I'd noticed when I go back to Japan, mm -hmm. 30 years after I lived there, right? Mm -hmm. Everything either costs the same as it did 30 years ago or less. Oh, wow. And so like, rents are the same or less than what they were when I lived there, right? And, you know, Japan has always had this image as a very expensive country sure. to visit. But the reality is right now that that's no longer true. Mm -hmm. And the really, really sort of shocking thing about this article was that it pointed out that Japan, which everybody sees as this rich country with every, where everything is really expensive, has the fourth lowest starting salaries, wow. not of the OECD, not of developed countries, not of anything like that, the fourth lowest starting salaries in the entire world. Wow. The entire world, right? Thailand, someplace you think of as being a developing country, higher starting salaries than- Wow. Switzerland, the starting salaries in Switzerland are four times what they are in Japan, right? The United States, they're like double what they are in Japan, average starting salaries. And the reason for this is that Japan has had 30 years of either outright deflation or barely any inflation at all. And it has created a lot of problems for people. Yeah. Like salaries not going up, uh, you know, like uh, real estate prices not going up. Right. And, and so this is so when people hear now, I understand like inflation's getting, you know, gets up to 7%. I mean, it's concerning, right? It's not mm -hmm. like nothing. Right. Yeah. And, and, and inflation of 7% for many years running is a, also be a real big yeah. problem. Right. However, the real, real issue is deflation. Yes. Because what happens in a deflationary environment is people stop spending money because they know that tomorrow everything's going to be cheaper than it is today. 
Mm-hmm. They don't invest because they know tomorrow they're going to get a better deal than they are today. Yes. And it basically causes the economy to just grind slowly downward, right? Yeah. And the standard of living erodes in a, in a way differently than it erodes with inflation, right? Mm-hmm. At, least, at least with inflation, there are things that you can do to protect yourself, right? Mm-hmm. You can buy assets that, that are inflation protected, right? Salaries also tend to go up. Like you kind of, you may not keep up completely, but you're not, you're not eroding. You're, you know, you're not going to erode at seven percent a year. Maybe you're going to erode at some slower rate, and if you make the right investments, you know, maybe your house price appreciation is going to offset a lot of it. Right? It's it's not as bad a situation as when you've got persistent deflation, right? Which is basically where the, the, the your economy is just slowly grinding yeah. down to like. To like nothing. So I, I just I, I wanted to bring this up just because I want people to have this perspective that you know when I, I think a lot of people really didn't take seriously, say after the the great financial crisis, mm-hmm. when you saw a lot of the same stuff we're hearing now, like, oh, you know, what the government is doing is going to cause inflation and we shouldn't worry about, you know, this, uh, it's all horrible. Mm-hmm. And then it didn't, right? It didn't cause any inflation. And that was because yeah. the deflationary forces were so much greater at the time than the inflationary forces that basically, you know, the ma- you think about how massive the intervention in the economy around the world was mm-hmm. in 2008, 2009. That stopped that massive Deflation, that ma- massive inflationary stimulus just barely got us any inflation, right? Mm-hmm. The Fed was not even hitting their 2% inflation target no. yeah. at any time. And the reason they, they had that 2% inflation target is because we need inflation in the economy. It's what keeps the economy going. They just, the Fed just decided that, well, they, they want it to be, uh, they don't want it to get out of control, right? And now it is, but now we're seeing, well, they're going to dial it back because it has gotten to the point where now it's concerning, mm-hmm. right? So, we're going to take, remove some of the stimulus from the economy. But we're not in any kind of like, even though people keep on using this term, it's completely wrong. We're not in a hyper. No, come on, people. No. Not. not hyperinflation. No. We've never experienced hyperinflation in the United States. Even in the 70s, that was not hyperinflation. No. That was no. just really bad inflation. Yeah. So I actually went out and did some research, right? Because people use that term. So hyperinflation, the technical definition is 50% um, inflation in a month. Yes. A month. That's 600% annualized. Yeah. We don't have hyperinflation. Yeah. Not going to happen. That's, that's when literally like prices are changing on a daily basis. Yeah, they, yeah, they change once in the morning, once in the afternoon. Yeah. 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 So that is different from what, what we've got. What we've got is- We've got inflation. We've got concerning inflation. Mm-hmm. But you know, now the Fed is going to dial it back and like Wall Street's going to scream because- Yeah. That's yeah that, so that's, those are two topics I wanted to hit before we wrap up episode number three. One is, as we talked about in episode one, the Fed's not your friend. The Fed risk off is coming. It's it's gonna it's gonna ripple through assets that are um, bubble like. Yeah. My question to you is, historically speaking, the Fed, Wall Street can whip the Fed into action, right? So, for example, if the stock market goes down thirty percent in a week, there's a pretty good chance that's going to get the Fed's attention, and they're going to do something. Yeah. I'm uh, sorry. I'm about to lose my battery. So no, I saw it. That's fine. No problem. Yeah. I'm, I'm listening. So do you think there is, so do you, 
Okay. So again, let's let's say we have an orderly unwind. And again, we don't have a pop of the bubble. We have a slow um, retreat of the bubble, right? It, it collapses. Yeah, yeah. Organized. It organized. I don't, I don't think the Fed comes and bails it out. I, I, once we went from a, a dot-com to a housing to an everything bubble, I think they now realize we got to get out of this. It's, it's yeah. out of control. So I think they're going to be okay with a, let's call it a, I think the Fed will be okay with a 20 or 25% stock market correction. What do you think? Well, yeah. I mean, and, and look, we had one last year and didn't really seem to affect anybody. I mean, but, well, I, I don't know. They came in and bailed it out right after that, right? Well, it was, I, but they already had reduced rates before that, I believe, hadn't they? I well, it was, it was so fast. I think it yeah. was. But it did, well, anyway, the reducing rates didn't have anything to do with the stock market correction, though, right? That wasn't why they did it. They did it to, to bail out every single overly indebted company in the United States. Well, yeah, then that. Yeah. So, yeah. So I don't think it was because of the stock market. But anyway. The, yeah, no, the, I think that's is, I think I think. Listen, I mean, they've been talking for years about trying to normalize interest rates. Mm -hmm. They tried to do it in 2018. The stock market went ballistic. Exactly so got, my question. Yes. So they got they got cold feet and backed off. Really, I in my view, there was absolutely no reason for them to back off. The economy was doing fine, right? But they they just they got they got scared. Mm -hmm. Wall Street cowed them and they and they backed off and lowered interest rates again. I, I agree with you. I think that they, you know. Powell's going to have some backbone. That's that's the key. He's going to be more Volcker like a backbone this time. It's not going to bend like a, a leaf. I think because yeah. because we because I think clearly super low interest rates are not healthy for the economy. In the I world. agree. Yeah, it, it, and they and they should have. I think really the the Fed and you know and all the central banks in two thousand eight should have said they should have come out and said we're going to have like zero percent interest rates. For two years, prepare for it. Do what you want to yeah. do. Right Don't now. be shocked. Don't be surprised. Yeah, yeah. and then we're going to raise it, and we're going to raise it no matter what. And they should have. They should have raised rates much quicker than they did. Yeah, uh, in my view. But um, yeah, yeah. So the so last question. Wrap this one up. So the ten year note. I think of this morning. I, it popped to one point seven five. Just again, your crystal ball is as broken as mine. Do you think we see two and a half by the end of the year on the ten year treasury? I, I mean, I. I'll say yes. <laughs> I would say if it happens, I won't be shocked. Yeah, I think okay? it'll happen. Yeah, I'm not by the I'm end not of the year. Say it will, but I if it okay. does, I'm not going to be surprised. Very cool. Well, Jonathan, do me a favor. How can people find you? Yeah, there are a bunch of different ways. Uh, you can go to my website if you would like to get on my investor list, and uh, that is Two Bridges Asset Management LLC. There's an investor form you can fill out. You'll get on my list as a result if you do that. If you would like to learn how to be a multifamily investor, you're the kind of person who wants to do this all on your own, you can go join my program, which is multifamilylaunchpad.org slash join. That explains the whole program. Very affordable, very comprehensive, uh, and a lot of fun. And uh, you can also get a free download from me if you just want to join my list and kind of wait and see and see what goes yeah. on, get my daily emails. That's if you just go to multifamilylaunchpad.org uh, and you'll see the download right there. So Very cool. Well, Jonathan, thank you very much for another great weekly conversation. Jonathan has a playlist. Go check it out. Hundreds of hours of material. He's always giving back every week. Jonathan, thank you very much. Thank you. You got it.